0: My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest is Rebecca Ferris. As the CEO of Home Educating Family Association, Rebecca inspires and supports thousands of homeschool moms each year through many different things, her speaking, talk show, daily planners, magazines, and a ton of resources that you can find online. Each year, Rebecca uses her platform as the well-planned gal to share her inspirational story of grace challenging women to discover the unique journey God has for them. She mentors women in a lot of areas of life, work and marriage, parenting adventures, and just life in general. Her personal journey and day-to-day activities can be found in the pages of Family Magazine on wellplannedgal.com and through her social media sites. Rebecca, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to Heroes for Her. Thank you, Erin. It's great to be with you. Well, I'm so excited to just check in with you and let everybody hear the amazing path and journey that God's had you on. And I want to start way back at the beginning. So you (laughs) and I've read a lot about your story and just feel like I know you through a lot of different you know, places and stops along the way that God's had you. Would you describe, you, you have described your journey and your childhood as a bit unusual. So would you just walk us through how you spent those early years with your family and your siblings and how, how your childhood impacted you?
1: Sure. Well, in my childhood started, um, my first memories, let's say that, um, were in a children's home. I was adopted at the age of, um, I think it was about a month before I turned 13, which is Pretty old to be adopted, but my adopted father not only adopted me but my three siblings and he married my biological mother, which is a uh, very unique um, and he became my dad and he he was um, my hero and he's a wonderful man and so I kind of started to get to know my siblings um, in my teen years and because in life in the children's home there were you know thirty two other kids and um, it was just a different environment. So yeah, it was very unusual. And uh, my adoptive father was not a Christian. Um, he became a Christian about a year later, and he um, was full-blooded, old-school Italian. So he he raised us in a very different manner, uh, very strict, which I appreciate now, maybe not then. <laughs> and um, he he also his. His life before Christ was not um, very ethical. He was um, kind of connected in, in, in not the best of ways. Um, but when he became a Christian, he turned his entire life around. And um, in one way, that also led us to eventually homeschool. And he he spent the rest of his life fighting for the freedom of homeschooling in the state of Tennessee, which is um, in, in part— why I take on the mantle of homeschooling and helping homeschoolers.
0: Well, how did you watch him? So in the, in that early season, he becomes a Christian and he's, he's, you know, sort of recommitting his life to leading the family and, and, you know, following Jesus and being that example. How did you watch him? Like, what were the sorts of things that he stepped into in terms of advocating for homeschooling in just the state of Tennessee where you were, which was not, not to say that it wasn't accepted at the time, but it was definitely, you know, a lot of years ago is like homeschooling then was not what it is now. So what did you watch oh. him doing to advocate?
1: Absolutely. Well, so in in this was nearly thirty something years ago. Homeschooling was illegal in Tennessee. Um, It first became legal for the elementary grades and middle school, but it took years, nearly twenty years, for high school to become legal. Um, There was there was a a a portion of being legal if you had enough credentials, which most people didn't have. So high school was was definitely the biggest obstacle. Um, So. The, I think the biggest reason my dad, um, he was a, he's a very conservative man politically, and he, he just thought the right to homeschool, whether you're Christian or not, that's your freedom as an American. And so that's what he fought for at first. Um, and then that kind of snowballed into, um, he started an umbrella school to support homeschoolers. And, but back when I was a teenager, <clears throat> if, if you homeschooled, you could be put in jail, that the parents could be put in jail on the weekends. So if you homeschooled during the week, the judges would throw the parents in jail for the weekend. And it just became ridiculous. And judges started seeing that it was ridiculous. And so uh, laws got changed for the elementary, middle school, and then um, about 20 years later, high school. So I saw my dad passionate about what is right, fighting for what is right. And I think... Um, I hope that's a trait that I take on of his.
0: I love that I get to ask you this next question. So you're watching your dad, and and he's advocating and he's standing up for what he believes is right, right? Which is this fundamental, you know, responsibility and the honor that we have as parents to be able to school our children, and we're we're there to guide and direct and develop them anyway, and just to be able to live that out in a way that honors God. And, and you're talking about it, you know, with this nostalgia as an adult woman, going, "Oh my gosh, like my dad, all these positives, like he's your hero and he he stood up for all these good things." But I, I want to ask you because I know you weren't exactly a fan of being homeschooled like the process of it in the early years when did you start as a homeschool student and what were your I guess what were your early thoughts about being educated at home because it wasn't something that you received well at the beginning
1: I didn't. And I got to tell you, uh, there's many facets that played into that. One was I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. Um, And then I had a lot of baggage and luggage from being in a children's home that that took a lot of my adult years to to work through that the Lord just patiently, daily walked me through. Um, So I was more... Angry as a as a teenager, I remember being a very angry teenager. I can look back and go, "Wow, my dad did some incredible things," but in the midst of it, I didn't like it. Now, I will tell you, my dad understood uh, that I didn't have a good relationship with my mom, and so what he did is he tried to compensate as much as possible. He would take me into his office. Um, every day to work. So what I ended up having was I would do a couple hours of school early in the morning at the office. And then I got to do the fun stuff of accounting and bookkeeping and shipping and logistics and then computer programming. And I was like 16 and loving it. So there's this this part of my education. I'm like, wow, I got this education that most people, you know, pay four years of college to get. I got it as a teenager and I loved it. And I love working. I, I always got a lot of, um, you know, feel goods from working. And and I got to be with my dad, whom I loved. Um, but so I, I just in all areas, I think the grace of God was very evident in my father, he he not only brought me out of a children's home, which is such a picture of Christ's redemption, uh, but he also then took upon him to teach me about life and about you know preparing for life, and and so I just had a great experience in that way. I didn't like as a homeschool, and I know even homeschool kids today, there's a, the part that they don't like about homeschooling is the socialization. Now it's not an issue per se as it was. 30 years ago, where it was so isolationist. Today, there's co-ops and tutorials everywhere. My kids, um, once they were in their middle school years, we started doing co-ops and tutorials, and they have tons of friends. And But I felt like I missed out on a lot of that, because in those days, you could not leave the house till three o'clock uh, because of truancy officers. And then uh, you just didn't have many people who also homeschooled, so there wasn't a lot of um, friends to be had so so you know there's give and take there's plus and minuses in everything in life and uh no matter what the situation and you just try to focus on the good part of it
0: yeah it's so that's so interesting i think um you know in in hearing you explain about how just the transition that it's gone i mean even in the last 30 years of of there being many more ways to engage and things available i want to switch gears um to sort of that shift in your, I guess in your personal life and journey where your view on homeschooling changed. But like as you got into young adulthood and got married and started having your babies, like I know that's a loaded question because that season was a challenge for you. But I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I would love for you to share just how the Lord challenged you to reconsider educating your own children in home during that sort of, I don't want to call it tumultuous, but I will, you know, that that season of, right. and that long season of marriage that you struggled through. So I know that's a lot to unpack, but I would just sure. love for you to <laughs> share that with everybody.
1: So I'll first start with saying I wasn't a Christian when I left home at 18. And um, just the, the relationship with my mom was just too much to bear. And so I left. And, but I left as a hurting person, and I also left with um, a lot of damage from, from my, the children's home days and things. And as much as my dad was a great man, it didn't fix all that. Um, but I, I was quickly, and, and I have to say, homeschoolers 30 years ago, um, maybe not all, but many were very naive. I was a naive young woman. Um, a man who was in his 30s um, quickly uh, kind of got me. And I was pregnant very quick. And so here I am. And I, I marry him because that's what I was told you had to do. So I do that. I never thought I would get married and never thought I would have children because I watched. Um, my parents did not have a good marriage Um And I just did not see many examples of good marriage in my life. And I also was, you know, as much as my dad became a Christian and he was a good man, there's a lot of theology that we were believing in those early years of homeschooling um, that was just kind of ultra conservative to the point of oppressive. So there's just, I was just a very mixed up young woman. And, but here I am pregnant. And then I have my first daughter. And, you know, no matter what life has dealt me, and I say this, I say this often, I have five of the most amazing kids, and I would not change one day of my life um, for that one thing. And uh, so I have Jenny, and for the first time, I understand love in a new way. Like it blew my mind how much you can love a child, and 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 that child doesn't love. I mean, it loves you back, but it doesn't know that it loves you back. And it was just this amazing experience. And so when I when Jenny was three, she it, was wanting to, you know, color, you know, color in the lines. And then, uh, we, I went ahead and started teaching her the letters of the alphabet with little magnets on the refrigerator. And, and then we would, um, play, uh, I would get index cards and I would write, Uh, consonant blends on them to teach her reading and so like at three four years old she was already doing basic reading and I'm thinking well this will prepare her because she'll go into kindergarten uh, prepared and then so five years old rolls around and I'm thinking you know why don't I prepare her for one more year I'm still not a Christian this is nothing to do with a calling or anything this is I love my kids to death I had five kids in seven years so I was pregnant and nursing and homeschooling, but I like to juggle many things, and I just enjoyed it. I love making homemade baby food. I love you know, learning how to keep a home, learning how to be a wife and a mom. I had started attending this um, very conservative Baptist church, and they taught lots about women should stay at home, women shouldn't work. And I later realized that that wasn't <laughs> the best theology, but at that time in my life, the Lord used that to teach me How to be a wife and a mom. And so um, I had daughter one, then daughter two, then daughter three. And I became a Christian after my third daughter. But by that point, Jenny was um, entering first grade. And I just realized, number one, I I could teach her at her own pace. Her sister behind her was already, by the time um, Jenny, my oldest, was in first grade, the, the daughter right behind her was already reading. So I was like, well, they're really going kind of fast. They're girls, that's typical. Boys taught me a whole new lesson. Um, <laughs> but I so at first it was solely a... Just a decision of love. I just love them so much. I want to stay with them. I want to be with them. And we would go to the park. They had friends at church. We would have lots of people over to the house. And I, I do remember the negatives about homeschooling. And so I tried to always counterbalance those with having, you know, my kids had a lot of social activities and we would do play dates and we would, you know, go here and go there. And so um, even on a very strapped budget, there's many fun things you can do with your kids. And so, I, yeah, that's what led me to homeschooling. Um, I do think as they got a little bit older, the decision became more about what I could put into them and what I could keep them safe from. But then as they became teenagers, um, I have one son that I've sent to school because I believe, you know, just being prayerful about each child. I think he needed to have other men directing him in his education or other women, he needed somebody besides mom. Um, and I'm seeing that kind of frequently with boys, that, that once they're in high school, they kind of need um, a little bit more help, especially if they didn't have a father figure growing up. So, um, so anyway, so I, my beliefs are you do what's best for your child, you, you allow the Lord to lead and direct you each year. I didn't. I never thought I would homeschool as a, you know, thirty-year decision. Like, <laughs> it was. It was this year. You know, this is what we're. This is what's going to work for our family for this year, which was, you know, kind of rebellious back in those early days of homeschooling. You know, everyone said, "Oh, it's a calling, and you got to do it." You know, the whole time. No, I, I don't believe God created a box that we all fit into. I believe. He created us individually, and I hope that's the message I try to share often is God created each family, each person individually. He gave you very individual children. You've got to figure out what the Lord wants you to do in their life
0: it's that's so cool and that's so beautifully said too and I love that you just naturally and you're engaging with them and and as your children began to grow it just was sort of a natural progression of okay well let's do some learning activities and what does this look like and I love that I love that you started I mean I, I'm in that season right now I'm literally starting to teach my own daughter consonant blends and short and long <laughs> vowel sounds and it's just it's really exciting to be able to do it and to just do a little bit at a time and, and I love what you said just now about like the callings and things that God wants us to do because we're individual and unique, they don't fit into a specific box. I think that's so important because my next question, like you aren't, you aren't a stay-at-home mom and a homeschooler and you know, and a wife, you are also, you know, you've started a business, you're you're running different companies, you're doing different work for a lot of different people. So how are you, I mean, as you're trying to navigate teaching your kids and being at home and keeping the home, where does the work, where does the work outside the home fit into that and all of the different things that you're trying to create and and value that you're trying to create outside the home, how does that all get juggled because it's all happening? Like And this is a long, sorry, winded version of my question because I feel it so much in my own home because we, our business happen. We work from home. We work Mm -hmm. together. We're a husband and wife team. The, the conversation that we're having is about parenting and girls and we're the parents of a girl. So it's all just a mess of stuff that happens simultaneously. And right. I wonder, like, and I know, I mean, well-planned gal, like the whole, the first, you know, little notch of what you work through is organization. So my question, sorry, it took me so long to get there, was how <laughs> does, what does juggling all this responsibility look like for you? Because you have to wear so many hats, not
1: just mom and wife and, and teacher, but business owner too. So that's a great question, and I will tell you. There was a, a homeschool conference out in California that contacted me a couple of years ago and said, "Would you mind doing a workshop for stay-at-home working moms who homeschool as well?" And and I kind of chuckled. I said, "No one's that crazy. You don't do that <laughs> unless it's necessity." <laughs> and uh, and I had a packed room. Homeschooling and working at home, or even working outside of the home, is becoming much more popular than ever. I think the cost of living is going up, the trying to juggle everything and the expensive school and the expensive life on one income has become more difficult. So you see a lot of moms who are, uh, I had the most uh, in my workshop that weekend were nurses who would do weekend shifts, you know, get 36 hours in on a weekend and then as a full-time pay and then homeschool during the week. So I, I love hearing that because Every family is unique. Uh, my situation required me to have to provide. Um, I was married uh, to a not-so-good person who refused to work. And uh, people kind of squint their eyes and tilt their head when I say that. And, like, what What do you mean? Because that's so unusual. But I always look at him and I can say, but how do you make somebody go to work? Like, it was beyond my control. And so I... I had the benefit of having skill sets that my dad had taught me and the benefit of I, I knew several coding languages. So I would create custom programs and design books and things from home. And I would do it at night when the kids went to bed. And so how I juggled it was my I would always look at my schedule and say, OK, what is required versus what do I want to do? And if the required there was a good 15 years of my life where the required was so demanding, I had to put aside what I wanted to do, if that makes sense. And I had to look at it with a long-term vision. Um, I have five kids. They are my responsibility. I'm going to have five kids who might all go to college. I need to make sure I can pay for that, um, let alone braces, car insurance, and uh, everything else that goes with teens. Is these the in this day and age. Um, so part of it was, you know, paying the mortgage, paying the utilities and then planning ahead that required about 15 years of my time dedicated to my family. Um, so, but now I'm in a season of life where it's not necessarily required as much. So I've got, I get to put more of my, uh, what I want to do in, in my daily schedule, but, so I always start there. What is required versus what do I want to do? And then I look at what is actually feasible. And then from there, I, it might be that I need to get some help. Um, and that could be family members. That could be from the church. That could be, um, hopefully, if you're married to a good man. I am today married to the most amazing man ever. Um and so, you know, I get help from him. He and I sit down and review kind of what our priorities are and how we're going to juggle and balance it all. And it's not a once a year thing. It's it's happens kind of often, you know. Sometimes it's the the minute by minute what are we going to do today or this week. Um we try to have coffee every morning together out on our porch and uh but back in those early days to get back to your your question it really came down to answering that first question, what is a necessity versus what do I want to do? Because I think I would look at it and, and I don't want to sound um, like I was some little angel. I definitely would look at my necessities and look at my desires and be a little upset. Like, God, why do you have me here? Why can't I do what I want to do? And it was a a long process to learn to be content with where God had you and with what he was doing and to wait on him for the right timing. I asked the Lord for many, many, many years, especially when my children started asking me, mom, please divorce. Um, And the Lord kept saying, wait, wait, wait. And when I was allowed the freedom to do that, it was when the Lord said, now is the time. I can look back in hindsight and see how the Lord was preparing those 15 years for me to raise five kids on my own. And so you just have to, at the end of the day, we're so unique. You just have to be at peace that this is what God wants you to do for today or for this season of life.
0: Totally. And I, and I love, gosh, thank you so much for sharing all of that too. And I know it's so personal and I, your passion really inspires me. And I know you're, you love to encourage people who are in, I mean, not, I don't want to say similar situations, but people who are in their home, you know, trying to navigate All of these different callings and things that God is, you know, tweaking our hearts for. He's, you know, nudging us in a certain direction and really to just do what you said, like embrace the unique life that God is calling us to. And I want to shift gears because I I mean, so much of the work that you've been doing that is you know, that is a related to homeschool it has to do with things like organization and really stepping into this and being effective and trying to understand the whole of your child and the uniqueness of different children. So I wanted to ask you, because my teacher brain too, like not just my mom brain is spinning, but <laughs> I'm just delighted when I think about all of the things like the planners and the lessons and the magazine. And my question is what have been some of your, I mean, over the years you've, you've had to create some favorite resources. So I'm just wondering what those are.
1: So, um, definitely Well Planned Day Family Homeschool Planner is my absolute favorite. So I created that for myself the second year I started homeschooling. And every year I would design it and print it off on my printer, um, three hole punch it. And then I would, you know, those binders that have the little plastic insert at the front where you can put a custom cover. Oh, yeah. I, would I love binders. A picture <laughs> with, um, with with each of the kids and where they were at. And I would put like their grade or the, what grade they were going into and their age. And, um, you know, kind of, and I would also pray about a theme for the year. Um, you know, what's going to be our focus. Um, I, homeschooling is academic, but it's also, uh, an opportunity to encourage the rest of child development. So you've got character, and you've got the emotional side. Um, so so I would actually plan for those as well. And one day, my dad was sitting at my table. We had just finished dinner. And uh, my planner stayed in the middle of my table. Um, I would put it in the fruit bowl for dinner because... I knew that that had to stay there to keep everything organized. And he pulled it off and started thumbing through it. And he said, you know, Becky, there's really no homeschool planner out on the market. You, you should consider doing that. I said, "Bad. no one is as... Uh, particular as I am. No one is type AA plus. And he goes, Oh, I think you'd be surprised. So I, at that time I had, I had started family magazine for homeschoolers and I sent out an email and we had such an overwhelming response that, um, I, I decided to print it. And the reason that's my favorite is because it's just a constant reminder of where I came from and homeschooling my kids. Those are my favorite years of life is thinking about those early years, um, where, we would. I would take craft paper, um, again, just on a very economical level, I would go to the teacher supply store and ask if I could have any of their throwaways. And one time they had this huge thing of craft paper, and I taped it up, we had this uh, wall in the kitchen, and I taped it from one end to the other, and every day there was new craft paper. And the kids could write on it, they could draw on it, they could finger paint on it, and I just... So my planner reminds me of that. And it's also, when I made my planner, I put my dinner menu in it. I put my shopping list. I put um, my weekend activities, my dental appointments, the eye doctor appointments, the orthodontist appointments. So it became my my brain in writing. Um, and so... I still publish it. Um, I don't use it anymore. I I created a small version called On The Go, and that's the one I use now because now mine are all in their high school planners. But I think that's my favorite product. It's the one that just reminds me of uh, where just those wonderful, wonderful early years. Um, Middle school and high school was fun too, but there's just something so precious about the elementary years. Yeah, I
0: definitely agree. I, um, I'm i wondering, so of all of the things that are currently available and all of the resources that you can find online, what's on the horizon for you in the coming months? Like As your kids, I mean, in your home are moving through and, and through their curriculum and out of some of them are graduating and moving on, what's coming up for you? You know,
1: what's next? So um, I've always got about four or five projects in the works. Um, we are with the newer generation being a little bit more tech savvy and you know, my, my oldest daughter, I have two grandsons and, um, she will, she decided at first she wasn't going to homeschool. And as a mom, I just kind of said, well, that's, you know, that's what I trained you. I trained you to be unique and do what you thought you needed to do. And then um, after she had her first one about a year later, she's like, well, we're thinking private school. And then um, just recently she said, I think we've decided to homeschool. And so it's so interesting to watch, they have to form their own opinions and they have to form their own ideas. And and really, that is what I'm about. So whether it's Family Magazine, whether it's any anything I speak or write about, I just want parents and their children to, to learn to think for themselves, to challenge the norm. Um, I was just typing an email to a friend this morning who said, I feel so bad, I, I feel like I should... You know, be part of my father's life, but he was a very abusive man. And I. the Bible says, honor your father and mother. And how do I navigate that? And I said, praise the Lord, you are thinking for yourself. This is where it starts. Think for yourself and figure out what God wants you to do. But um, so, so what I'm developing right now is more of the lesson plans and the planning through digital means. So we are actually writing. We've written about 2000 lesson plans using different curriculum. Um, I feel like the way I can support homeschoolers best is to help them understand how to schedule a school year. So if you come in and you've got math, science, history, uh, language arts, Bible, art, music, how do I get it all done in a day, and how in the world do I get it done in 180 days? Well, we do that planning for you. We, here's the different resources, um, or if you have resources that you like to use, uh, we've written so many lesson plans. So that's kind of what I spend my day down, doing now is um, we've got a couple new homeschool websites we're launching this year, um, homeschoolcoupon.com, homeschoolconvention.com, and uh, homeschoolusebook.com. So just more more programming-style uh, jobs that allow me to bring that, that um, my gift of I love programming, into homeschooling, which is not a field that has a lot to offer in that, in that respect.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking as you were wrapping up that sentence going, it's such a need, um, because we yeah. we are all moving into, you know, the digital age and understanding our kids are, are the true digital natives. And as parents, we're having to come alongside and how can we best support them. Um, but that's so awesome that you're thinking through those things and, and trying to create things that are really going to benefit parents. So cool. Um, yeah. We have to wrap up, and we do so at the end of each episode with something that's a little fun. It's just three rapid-fire questions called The scoop. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so first question. The podcast is called Heroes for Her. We love heroes. When
1: you were a little girl, who was your hero? I know, some funny. Superwoman. <laughs> but as a young Christian, it was Abigail in the Bible. By far, Abigail in the Bible. Love that story.
0: And I read your blog about um, Abigail and the, the fool she was married to. I appreciated that one. Second question. What is a piece of advice you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? That God loves me. Last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh, Elastigirl. I would love to be able to reach back in the backseat of the van and tell my children to stop it.
0: <laughs> with your arm that would like projectile out. Yes. That sounds amazing.
1: Yes. <laughs> I've always said that is the superpower I would like to have. That's so good.
0: <laughs> Rebecca, where is the best place for people to connect with you online? Find out more about Well-Planned Gal and everything you guys have coming up. Sure.
1: com, and that will kind of branch off to everything we do.
0: Perfect. Thanks so much
1: for being here. Thank you, Aaron.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at Biblebells.com.
1: Just let